just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. And it's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. Oh, I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year thinking we're going to be the shit. Well, third and seven. Chris Olave at the bottom. No, 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 no. Mark Huffins. Watches. Caught. Touchdown, New Orleans. Rashid Shahid. Cut it up the field. And scores the game's first touchdown. Watch the double move that he puts on. He gives him that little, like we said earlier, that little hesitation, making Bunting think that, hey, Murphy Bunting, that he's going to break it down and run a route at the sticks. It's so hard to cover on a third. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media, which does have sponsors. I swear it has sponsors, but we're still ironing out the details. I'm Jacob Krasno, alongside my trusty co-host, Allison Pratt. Uh, Sean Haspel is in transit from the Texas Longhorns' glorious beatdown of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Bryce, our producer, may or may not be here. Uh, (laughs) We will let you, the viewer, the listener, decide if he's real or not. But... uh, that's the Saints won first game of the Woo-hoo. year. Beat the Titans. Wanna know? 16 to 15 in one of the weirdest games I've ever attended. Uh, I was there in person uh, in the newly renovated Superdome. Yeah, the dome, the renovations look good, I guess. Um, they basically just opened up the club level to everybody. Uh, but okay, Allison, the game was like awesome because we won but also there was like a lot of stuff that pissed us off um so (laughs) i think we're both a little like miffed about the way this game went down like so what what was bs about this win i kept looking at the score and like the end of the third quarter and we had three interceptions and we were like (laughs) only had one touchdown and I was like, this is insane. Like if you had told me we had had three interceptions and, and also by the way, like pretty much kept Derrick Henry, like, or if you told me the Tennessee had zero touchdowns, I'd have been like, well, we won the game. And yet it still felt like every first down was like a battle. There were so many really dumb errors, like way too many holds and false starts. Like I still stand by the like Dennis Allen of it all that like, we're continuing to do like B- BS, like right. easily fixable, coachable errors that like continue to happen on the offense that just make you want to pound your head and pull back. Like that Rashid Shahid like end around call was so fantastic. The first one that came back on the hold. And like th- that is the stuff where I was like pounding my head into the floor that like I, I expected there to be like hiccups on the offense. I expected you know, Derek Carr to maybe like make a few like dumb mistakes as he was like getting to know, but even his pick wasn't that horrible. It was more of just like the little minutia we were still doing. That was like really BS to me. Yeah. Um, And then like secondarily the officiating, like the deep bomb to Olave and then like getting the PI call on the defense, like on the subsequent 
this drive of the Titans, like that stuff is stuff that we can never correct and the Saints can never correct. And it's just like so annoying as a fan and like it's, meaningful drives. It's so infuriating. And to me, that's like the most BS thing about this win. It's this dark cloud hanging over the victory that like no matter what, there's always one or two just like egregious officiating decisions and like this was a really poorly officiated game in general i thought like i think it's debatable uh, whether or not shahid was actually down on the first kickoff of the game when he fumbled yeah. and of course the very first play of the year is like the most like post no call nfl event ever where they immediately stop and have like a 10 minute review it's kind of questionable uh, Dennis Allen's team makes like a horrible mistake on like the very first play of the year. I mean, it's like absurd, but the PI call was just, I mean, it was, Olave it was, got it, tackled. Olave got tackled. And you know, it's bad when even the announcers were like, this is absolutely insane. Like, I feel like sometimes they even are like, have someone in the ear telling them to like, shut the hell up. And like, they couldn't, Covered up, they were like on the call where we got flagged for PI on the, their next drive. Like they were just like, that was less of <laughs> of what just happened to Chris Olave like less than three minutes ago. It's like, you don't make it up. Like it's. I, I can't say the things I want to say about NFL officials on this podcast and expect to keep my job or not get us canceled by our one listener. But like, they're just all fat and stupid and slow and they can't keep up with the action on the field. And I I've been, I have a crazy idea. I've been saying this for a few years. The NFL has the technology and the money. So why aren't, why are officials even on the field? Why is anyone even on the field? Why don't we have just cameras affixed to certain positions and then someone in New Jersey can buzz in when they see a penalty? Well, or there why? was a play that did get buzzed in from New York. But, like, they only do it on things that make the Saints have a less good outcome. You know what I mean? Like, they do it, but it's, like, only when it's negative. I think if you're, if you're an NFL referee, you should look inside your soul and ask yourself if you're the spawn of Satan. If you're evil, you know, you may be a Nazi, potentially. I don't know. Like, you're definitely a terrible person, and you have no business... Uh, being a part of this multi-billion-dollar machine that is I also, more than I just a game. I seriously think that they have some like serious dark underground gambling ring with Roger Goodell. That like they're all conspiring to like cover their own bets and, because he's so cagey with gambling and like suspends players and is like we'll never support it and like maybe he's just playing chess. <laughs> <laughs> and you're playing checkers and he's running some fucking massive gambling thing. I don't know. Because when you watch the Kansas City Detroit game, there was like one flag. And they yeah, were yeah. hands. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like with certain teams, they're just like, let them play. Because it serves them. It's infuriating. It's, I think it's the most infuriating thing about sports in, in my life, at least. Um, Okay, we've wasted enough breath on these like soft-skulled like fools. Um, 
The other big uh, BS-worthy storyline in this game was our offensive line. Um, look, Derek Carr, we'll talk about Derek Carr a little bit later, was pretty good when he had time, but he didn't really have a whole lot of time, and the running game was pretty bad. Uh, Trevor Penning I think got Jamal Williams cooked. averaged like two yards a carry. He averaged two and a half yards a carry, 45 yards total, which is pretty paltry. Um, and this the offensive line was supposed to be the strength of the team when healthy, and they are all healthy. So I, I worry about the viability of our offense long-term if they can't keep Carr upright. Um, and also, one quick aside, another little thing that's bullshit. I don't know the guy's name. Number two, the linebacker who plays for the Titans literally punched Derek Carr in yeah. the face. Yes. And like, oh my God. Yeah. How was he not ejected for that? That was pretty bad. I even, like, even, I couldn't even watch the replay that it was so gruesome. Even Mike was like any other quarterback. gets that call. I was like, yeah, that's true. Like nobody yeah, would do they that. They did call roughing the passer, but they you know if somebody touched Mahomes like that, they would be uh, deported they would kick out of the NFL, even if they're American citizens. <laughs> Anyway, fuck number two. I don't know his name. He doesn't deserve a name. Um, yeah. Yeah, Allison, I, like, I feel like if we if we can't keep Carr upright, things things are going to get uglier against a team that can actually, like, move the football down the field, right? Correct. And I also feel like it was a little bit difficult because it was clear from the beginning that we weren't going to get a run game started. And so it was that much harder to get passes off because like they knew we weren't going to be committed to the run game. And even like they brought Taysom in too late, in my opinion, and then they were running him to the outside. And I'm like, no, he's a power runner, like get him vertical. Like there was just like some weird stuff they were trying to do with the run game that felt like, like throw anything at the wall that sticks when like it wasn't working. And then it also made getting the ball off for Carr. Like when we had deep threats a couple of times, like we got some great, throws but like there should have been more opportunities i feel like i'll save my next nugget for like what wasn't bs but like there were some really good highlights despite not being able to set up a reliable ground game in the offense um but to your point it all hangs on this crutch of like car basically getting a pass off in like under two and a half seconds <laughs> yeah yeah when they were just doing like quick rhythm throws in the two minute drill he was shredding the titans and honestly there. like he he did um, he got a first down on his legs and like slid at the right time. And so like if he can be mobile and maybe like work on that more, like there's some stuff they can do with that. But like he's he's not typically like a mobile pocket threat, like a Daniel Jones, obviously like nothing like that. Neither was Breeze, but he could like do it when he had to. And as long as yeah. he can kind of get out of the pocket when it's crumbling, like it, those plays turned out okay. Um, but there was certainly a ton of just like pocket crumbling in one second, like where you're just like, Nothing could have nothing could have come from that. Yeah, and we did get a gift from we did get one gift from the officials when they ruled uh, what was definitely a fumble to be an incomplete oh, pass. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been a backbreaker, and we ended up kicking a field goal, and every point mattered in that game. Um, yeah. You know, not BS for us, but BS for the Titans fans out there. Mike Vrabel kicking a field goal. Yeah. With like five minutes left in the game, deep in our territory, like, why not go for it? And because 
I felt you'd like have to the, score again anyway. Like the the commentators were defending it as like they couldn't score a touchdown all game, so like take your points. But it's like if you're relying on your defense anyway, why not pin us back on our own ten? Yeah, when you have to get more points anyway, and then like you probably have better field position. Like it just didn't really matter. He gave us a gift. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's talk about some fun stuff. What was not BS about this game? Well, we we won, which is definitely yeah. Yeah. a plus. Um, I, I have to say, like, I've only been to a handful of games in person since uh, in, like, the last four or five years. But I've noticed that uh, the further we've gotten from, like, the Breeze era, um, kind of like the the more docile the crowd has been. Like, it seems like people are just kind of like spoiled a little bit. Um, and some of that dome field magic has been lost, but I will say today the Superdome was, was rocking. Like there were a few plays. Yeah. It was pretty wild in there, especially when Jimmy Graham did the Houdat chant. That was super cool. Um, but in terms of like the team, you know, I, I don't think this is a game that we win with Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. Like Derek Carr, he made a difference. Like I'm, I'm, he threw one dumb pick, but like Breeze did that shit all the time. Uh, he was pretty safe with the football otherwise. And he, he threw for 300 yards. He made all the big throws. Like he's a, his first he's completion to Michael Thomas was incredible. Oh yeah, and I, I felt like that was like a statement. Like they knew they wanted to throw it to MT. Like MT wanted it. He granted he was kind of absent the rest of the game after the first drive, but like I was like they're out there to show that like he can he can use his weapons, and he had some really great throws to Olave. Yeah, Shahid was really impressive. Um, just beating a guy on like single move on the outside, like and uh, Juwan Johnson had a like low key like really really good game. Like, and I I still feel like. We're going to get Kamara back, but there was still a lot of bright spots overall. And, like, to your point, like, it's just – it's an upgrade. Like, we, our defense was so good in a lot of times, and, like, we can at least score a touchdown, <laughs> which wasn't true in a lot of games last year and was almost untrue today, but it wasn't. <laughs> that touchdown pass was epic. Yeah. Um, yeah, the defense – it seems like there's usually an adjustment period where they're kind of figuring stuff out, but everybody came into the season healthy. Like this was the starting 11 that we were, that the defense was designed to have. And they looked really good. Like it's not like the Titans suck. I mean, Tannehill might be old and a little washed, but he was really good for a really long time. And like Deandre Hopkins is still a good receiver. Derek Henry is still one of the best running backs in the league. Tyje Spears, the rookie from Tulane, he's going to be good. He almost killed us. He was wide open on a wheel route. <laughs> he dropped the pass. He did us a huge favor. Yeah. But uh, the defense looked really, really impressive from the jump. And yeah. that's really encouraging. Yeah, I feel like we were concerned about it in our like season preview, um, especially like the secondary, which I thought actually – both the secondary and the front four were like, absolutely. I thought great. 
in a lot of times. I mean, you can't ask for more than three picks and Lattimore dropped a fourth pick like that. Yeah. He had that in his hands. Um, and I feel like he's chomping at the bit to have quite a year. And I thought Taylor was actually really good. Yeah. Um, and we brought a ton of great pressure up front, like and their offensive line is pretty good. Like Derek Henry had like one drive in the first half. That was like, I was like, Oh no, like he's kind of like taking it away, but that was it. Like they were stuffing him in the rest of the game. Yeah, our run defense was suspect last year, but today it was, considering who we were playing, was pretty damn good. I mean, I don't think yeah. we're going to play a better running back all season. No. I mean, Derrick Henry's a freaking load. Um, Sean was pretty worried about Elante Taylor in that slot position. And, you know, maybe we'll see him be tested a little more against teams that throw down the field. But he locked it down. He looked good. Yeah. Um, the Titans were like intent on forcing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and they kept throwing at Lattimore and they paid for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the defensive line was getting pressure. I, it's, it's a little hard to tell when you're at the game, but people who watched no, they, on TV. They were really like relentless. I would use that word. And like, as a result, like sometimes they had a couple of things break through from a running perspective, but like, they were on it. I was our, impressed. Our first round pick had a half a sack. Yeah. He's slowly creeping in on that defensive rookie of the year title. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peyton Turner looked okay before he got hurt. I actually, I haven't yeah. seen anything about what happened to him, but he left early and didn't come back. But before he, he left, he was getting in Tannehill's face. Um, you know, the Titans offensive line has had some injury problems. There's been some attrition. Um, so I guess it remains to be seen if this level of pressure is going to be consistent. Um, oh, also special teams. <laughs> yeah. Was a huge concern before and it was great. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Lou Headley's punts looked a little, uh, I don't know if you could see them on TV, but in the dome, they, they didn't look so great. Um, they were, they were wobbling through the air but i mean as long as like that didn't make it make or break anything ruby really could have broken stuff and he didn't especially in a game of field goals yeah and i i gotta admit i'm i'm pretty pretty happy that will lutz in his first game against the broncos which is or as a bronco which is happening right now he missed an extra point and missed a field goal could miss more kicks we'll see yeah um okay Player of the game. Who do you think it is, Allison? Who who gets our first player of the game of the year? I'm torn. Um, but I think I'm going to give it to Derek Carr just because, like, he probably had a ton of pressure on it, like self-inflicted pressure, and it's your first game with a new team that has really high expectations. And I felt like he could have cracked at multiple times and things weren't going in his way. And especially on the final two drives. I thought he had poise. Um, I thought he, they took, he had some ballsy plays, like, like the last completion to um, Shahid on third down, like big time. He was, he had some third and longs that he just like coolly completed. Um, and so like, I want to give him that credit because I think it's big shoes because it's really the first legitimate quarterback we've had for Drew Brees. So I want to give him that, but like, I also want to give a honorable mention to Olave because he got hurt. 
we're putting a lot on him. Like, I feel like he is the new Michael Thomas in terms of like, we need a big completion. Like we're looking to you. And like, he mostly delivered, like, I think he was eight receptions on 10 targets, like just really strong. Um, and like you said, like our big concern was that he wouldn't, you know, fill these big expectations. And like, I think if any, if today's any indication, he's definitely going to and be a top five NFL wide receiver. Yeah. He had, uh, eight, uh, Eight catches for 112 yards. And also one of those targets was the stupid pass interference. So let's throw that in the trash. So he had yeah. one missed catch. Yeah. Um, yeah, Derek Carr, it's – I hope it doesn't get lost in all the discourse about the officiating and the bad offensive line play, but I really think that he makes a huge difference. Um, he made clutch plays that, like – are Breeze-esque or the types of plays that you want your franchise quarterback to make. I mean, the deep pass to Shahid to essentially ice the game. I mean, Andy Dalton is not making that throw. Like, probably, I mean, capable of completing a pass like that, but under the circumstances, like, I doubt it. Like, I No, and he had to check down to to Juwan Johnson, like, multiple times, and he did that. And then he also... Like, there was just, like, a couple of errant throws, like, the fade to Taysom in the end zone. It was, like, that was dumb. But, like, he also knew when to throw it away. Throw it away. Like, I felt like he he was clear-headed the whole time. And the offense just needs a leader. I think we talked about that a lot last season. Like, there wasn't a clear veteran leader in, in that team. And when Michael Thomas went down, and he is that right yeah. now. And, like, that probably is paying more dividends than we can even see right now. Yeah. Um I hesitate to compare Carr to Breeze, but if you go back and look at some of the box scores and some of the highlights from 2006, Breeze's first season, it's not like those games were anything like the 2009 to 2012 mm-hmm. Breeze, where, or yeah. 2011 Breeze, where he just was carving people up like he was playing on all-rookie on Madden. Like... It was ugly for those first few games. I mean, we I think we scored like 19 points in our first game, like on the road at Cleveland yeah. in, in 2006. And Breeze had those types of stat lines where he would throw for like 200 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. But like it was the beginning of him getting into the system and getting, getting his foundation set. Um, I want to give a shout out to Michael Thomas because he did quietly have like a pretty good game. I think he had six or seven catches for like 60 yards. People, I like inexplicably, like people think he's washed, but I've always thought that his injury problems were all like freak things, you know, waiting to get surgery, trying to play on a bum ankle. And then like the turf toe thing, it's, it's all stuff that's like not related. Um, and he looks like he's healthy. And I think he's, I, I don't think a lot of He was wide open also for a touchdown. Oh, I didn't see that. he wanted it so bad. <laughs> oh, that was like in the second quarter and Carr like just missed the throw. Like he was completely open. Um, and he was <sighs> angry. Like you could see Michael Tom, they showed him he was like pissed. Um, I just feel like he, to your point, like he knows he's not washed. Like he wants to prove it. And so I think that's going to serve the team. Totally. I, I, if Olave ends up being healthy for the whole season, like I don't, 
think he's going to have that many more catches and that much more yardage than than Thomas will if he stays healthy. I think this is going to be a team that throws for 4,000, 4,500 yards, and we're going to have 2,000-yard receivers if everybody yeah. stays on the field. That was really encouraging. I mean, that first fade to Michael Thomas, the 25-yard yeah, so was chef's kiss. Um, okay, yeah. but my, my player of the game is Rashid Shahid because yeah. I think this is a true – comeback story he was he was uh he was in my doghouse you know first play of the season you fucking fumble like are you kidding me what horrible mistake and he kept bringing the ball out of the end zone on kickoffs and getting tackled at the 15 like but he had like the two most clutch plays of the game the touchdown catch and then that deep bomb at the end to seal it and I think he's going to be uh, – he's he's a beast. Like, who knows? Maybe we'll have 3,000-yard receivers. Didn't the Saints have 3,000-yard receivers in uh, – I think back in the heyday of, like, Devery Henderson, Colston, and Meacham, like, probably. I'm, uh, I, I'm, I need to check the stat real quick, but I'm pretty sure in 2016 the Saints had 3,000-yard receivers. Or maybe, like um, – Willie Sneed was close. Thomas had 1,100 yards. Brandon Cooks had 1,200. And Willie Sneed had 900. So the Saints mm-hmm. almost had 3,000-yard receivers in 2016. But I think that could happen this year. Um, I don't think Willie – I don't think Shahid is going to have more than like five or six catches a game. But I think it's possible. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> It didn't really feel like a win at certain points today, but like I'll take it. Um, yeah. This this seems like it's going to be kind of a weird year. There wasn't a whole lot of offense around the league, uh, at, at least in the early games, and the Bucks went up to Minnesota and punched them in the face. And now they're one and zero, and we're one and zero, and the Falcons are one and zero. The Falcons beat the Carolina Panthers pretty badly. Hard to tell if the Panthers are bad or if the Falcons are good or if it's both. Um, But next week, Monday Night Football, Saints play the Panthers in Carolina. It's kind of a must win. Like we could be fourth in the division (laughs) in week two if we we lose that game because we'll be 0-1 in the division. If the other teams win, we'll be last. Um, it seems like this is like the perfect game for us to have next on the schedule. Cause there's, we have a long break and then there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed and what better team to fix it against than a team with a rookie that threw a bunch of picks and played like shit. But I don't know, Allison, we all weird voodoo shit always seems to happen in Carolina and always in the early game in the season, like just weird, weird just, stuff. But yeah, like the, the Panthers game last year, the first one in Carolina, that was, I will never forget on that. Uh, oh my God. What's his name? There was some like no name washed receiver. They have that ran, had like a 70 yard touchdown run and we missed like five tackles. 
And that was the moment where I was like, you know what? This team is sloppy and we're, we're doomed. Like we just keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Um, yeah. I feel like weird shit like that always happens in Carolina, but if we lose to that team, I don't know. <laughs> this would be really bad. How, how are you feeling going into week two? I'm nervous for all those like ghosts that you're mentioning. Like, I can't forget about them. But like, if you think about it logically, which like we're not one to do often, <laughs> is like he's a rookie wide receiver, huge primetime, like first primetime game. Like he's never been there before. And like people be like, oh, he paid me SEC. Like, forget it. Like, no, it's different. And they don't have enough experience at the skill position either. And it's a new coach. And I don't think Frank Reich is anything to write home about anyway. Um, but most of our players have been there, including Derek Carr. Like they've done this before from like a primetime perspective. And I think that does have an impact. Like you see it happen with Kirk Cousins. Like people that have played for years, like can't figure it out at primetime. So I think we have that on our side. Like it actually would be a little more spooked if it was at one o'clock. <laughs> and that sounds a little silly, but like I think that, that makes a difference. Um, and like I have to feel good about the pass rush in the cornerbacks or the rookie quarterback. Like I think we paid a lot of attention to the offense because Derek Carr, it's like it's a huge like changing of the guard, but like the defense is kind of the takeaway, like not allowing a touchdown. And so when you have a new rookie receiver coming in or rookie quarterback for them coming in new program, all those things like that and a strong defense like that is heavily favored on our side. Um, and so like that gives me more hope. And like, I think we will pull out a win. Um, and we know that like, then we go to green Bay and like, they honestly looked really good today. So I think we'll be focused on like getting that division win and then continuing to have our focus on winning division. So I feel good about being in the prime time spot for that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a little, con like, just on, from an X's and O's standpoint, would be a little concerned about Carolina teeing off on Penning. I feel like teams are yeah. going to see that, and they're just going to overload that side of the line and send a bunch of funky blitzes at him and see if we can pick it up. Um, and as much as I want to see us just shred people through the air with Carr and all these weapons... I think being able to run the football on the road is like pretty key to like winning games, especially against a team like Carolina um, that historically plays smash mouth football. And I, I, I think we really need to like maintain, like play like safe football next week to like keep those demons at bay. I Maybe we'll get Kendra that. Miller back. We'll see what he can do. It seemed like Jamal Williams was picking up some chunks here and there as the game wore on today. So maybe but they were him... playing a little too safe with him. Like it was basically just like up the middle with him every single time. And like, I think they could be a little more creative with like the packages we use with him. I think I already alluded to this before, but like we did not have Taysom in there enough, not as receiving the snap. And like, I feel like that is when teams get confused. Like we can use Shahid in motion. We can do a lot more to serve Williams, which like, I just feel like we didn't do anything creative or different with the running game the entire time. Yeah. And I, this is like old football one-on-one, but if you can run the ball, 
you're going to keep the defense honest. And yeah. I think if we actually commit to pounding the rock a little bit more than we did today, then maybe Penning will catch a break. Like maybe the defense will be on its heels. They'll be tired. And I think all the pieces, you know, they'll support each other. And uh, I just hope we don't lose to a fucking rookie quarterback, Allison. I don't think I could handle that. <laughs> I know, but I still think as much as you're right about the offense having to consider that, like if we are as strong as we were on defense today, next week, like we're going to keep them off the field. We're going to have plenty of time on offense to like work through that versus like have our defense be on the field for longer stretches. I don't, I think they'll be able to get to him and have a lot of three and out opportunities and also like prime, prime for takeaways. Like I think that they've really been working on that. Like that was a huge yeah. issue last year and three like, picks they're today. hungry for the ball. Bryce Young threw a pick today. They got three picks today on Ryan Tannehill who only had six all of last year. So it's like, you've got a rookie quarterback. They're going to be hungry. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe I'm maybe I'm just like being a we're haunted. Old, I, that's why I said you got to just forget the ghosts. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna make a. I don't know. Should we make predictions? It's so yeah. early in the year. I feel like we don't have enough data. But I'm gonna we say, don't, but that's the fun of it. I think we win twenty-seven to nothing, and we blank <laughs> the Panthers, <laughs> and we do exactly what I say. Jamal Williams has two touchdowns on the ground. And uh, they just can't do shit against our defense. I love that. 27 nothing. Lock it in. I'm going I'm going with 31 to 9. I would take that as well. I think we're gonna try to be scoring a lot more on offense and like make a statement in that way because we only had one touchdown this week. Um, and then I think we sort of like maybe get some garbage time. Um drives for them at the end, but we only allow field goals still. I think so that we is... can go into week three saying we've not allowed a touchdown this year. That's my goal. <laughs> that was my personal epic. goal. <laughs> <laughs> write a you should write a letter and mail yeah. it to to Dennis Allen. Yeah. Write it on loose leaf. Yeah. I'm a thirty three year old I... woman in New York and my personal <laughs> goal <laughs> is no touchdowns. I I do think there's something to be said about like Dennis Allen is definitely aware that people were coming after him last year. Yeah. And there seems to be this like sense of swag back with the team. Um, the offense was like the play calling. I think people are going to pick it apart no matter what, but it was pretty aggressive today. And I think it's all related. And then there was the, I don't know if you saw it, but there's like video of like them celebrating in the locker room after the game. It looked like all the old Sean Payton dance parties from 2017 through 2020. Like it seems like there is a world in which we go to Carolina and just absolutely like try to run the score up on them. Like, I think that is within the realm of possibility. That would be awesome. That's what I, I hope happens. Awesome. That's what I, I think. That's like Peyton-esque. And like, I hope we still have a little bit of that in our, in our identity. I think we do. Okay. Anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here? I have something to say, but if it's dumb, Bryce, can you cut it out? 
not that you're here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who's Bryce? <laughs> but I felt like Dennis Allen, like he looked different today. Like, did he used to have a goatee? You know, that's. I, I think his facial hair has. And I think he's has he was so he was clean shaven, and then I was like, wait, maybe he only had a like 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 you know a five o'clock shadow, but like no, I think he had a goatee. So, he, he, it appears that he's had a goatee for many of his games with the Saints. He's clean shaven with the Raiders, which is just a weird look. But um, he was weird today. I literally, I, I like paused the TV. He's clean shaven like, he in his different. team photo. <laughs> maybe, maybe winning just makes him more attractive. I don't know. You know? No, I think what I was going to say before when you were talking about how he knows people are talking about him is like i think he shaved off the past <laughs> <laughs> and he is just starting fresh like i think we should we should just forget our carolina ghosts and like just show people what we're about and we're gonna win look i think there's something to be said about facial hair uh superstition because if i, I have if i have like a really bad couple weeks or months or something i will shave my beard and for those who know me, which I'm sure is all five people that are listening to this, <laughs> I have been clean shaven, maybe like in clean shaven in public, maybe like a handful of times since high school. Um, and it's like a it's a ritual. It's a big deal when you shave your facial hair. And maybe he thought the goatee from 2022 was bad mojo, need to be thrown in the garbage. Um, so I support that. Clean shaven Dennis Allen is undefeated. So <laughs> something to be said for that. We'll keep tabs if on If he his... has a five o'clock shadow on Monday night, I'm not going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wish uh, my my iPhone 10XR or whatever it's called does not have good enough zoom for me to have been able to zoomed in on his face during the game. Well, check out the presser because it was like really staggering. <laughs> Interesting. But I just wanted to confirm that I wasn't making it up. So I'm glad that Rice was nodding. Not that he, again, I don't know who that is, but he was nodding. <laughs> sure he was. Yeah. All right. Okay. I think that's um, all. Good stuff. Well, Sean's not here to ad lib and ad read. So you'll just have to pretend that he did um i i wish we talked about this before the pod we didn't mention it on the pod but sean was at the ut uh bama game last night and i i wish i had been there to have seen him talk shit to all the gumps in tuscaloosa um yeah sean and i have only attended like a handful of football games together in the last decade or so just because of where we live but he came to the uh, infamous Saints-Rams game in 2019 when Breeze, uh, when his thumb exploded. And let me tell you, Sean and I, we talked some mad shit to those Rams fans, and I thought we were going to get our asses kicked. And uh, I'm sure I think you're selling yourself short on your shit talking, like when we were in Atlanta in college. <laughs> Yes, I said some things but to someone. But we can't say those things. We can't them. repeat them on the podcast. 
but they were very bad, <laughs> very cancelable yeah. things. Were In said. your defense, those Atlanta fans told us to go back to Katrina, which That's doesn't true. even make sense and is very rude. <laughs> I'm so glad that the did the Georgia Dome get dynamited? Is it still does it still exist? Because that game was in the Georgia Dome, not the not the new. Buffalo I don't know Stadium. if they just renovated it in Mercedes or not. I hope they dynamited it. Yeah. Okay. For real this time, we're getting out of here. So for Allison and Sean in absentia, and uh, Bryce, if he's here or not, or real or not, I don't even know. I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS. The Reverend Saints who podcast dat? from Bukru Media. Until next time, who dat? Who dat?